looks like now it is the James show. Um, so I will just do what I do best and sing a show tune. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. When you're a jet and the spit hits the fan, you got brothers around, you're a family man. Man, my voice is completely out of it. <clears throat> but you're never alone. You're never disconnected. You're home with your own. When company's expected, you're well protected. Then you are set with a capital J, which you'll never forget till they cart you away. When you're a jet, you'll stay a jet. Do -do -do. All right, for those out there listening, what I'm back. movie? Oh, hey, how we doing? I can propose oh, so the good. question still. Yeah, do what, it. what movie would you say you watched at a younger age where now reflecting it was definitely inappropriate? But you like got away with it, I don't know, because your parents just assumed you didn't know any better. Hmm. Like the example, I don't know. I, I'd have to think on which one it would be for me. I'm guessing it was actually, no, I, I got it. I mean, there's a lot of ones that were violent, but I'm thinking like Wayne's World, like the jokes, I didn't understand. I laughed at them when I was a kid, but like now as an adult, like when like, Wayne's like, uh, excuse me, Russell, I believe I requested the hand job. And like, <laughs> there's just, yeah, exactly. There's things like that where I'm like, now I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was inappropriate when I got received that movie, that VHS for Christmas Mm -hmm. That came with a Happy Meal or something because I'm pretty positive mm -hmm. the VHS case said McDonald's on it. Um, another one is my sister and her friend would consistently, and I want to say they were elementary school age because I was middle school. They would consistently watch Pretty Woman, um, like when they'd have sleepovers. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. And but even like at that point, like I'm, I'm I'm still ignorant towards a lot of things. But like, I just remember that the when she whipped out the condoms, and they were all a bunch of different colors. And she makes a reference towards like, like, I got like red ones, I got green ones, and I got this gold one, nothing's getting through this sucker. And in my head, I instantly mm -hmm, heard mm -hmm. the word sucker and thought it was those ring suckers you got when you got your haircut. Oh, funny. Yeah. And like, and it, I don't know when the light bulb went off and I'm like, Oh, those are condoms. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like I was a very ignorant and, uh, uh, chi a child that did not get corrupted till much, much later. So I don't know. You, you were wholesome. You were pure. Thank you. The wholesome. That was the word I was looking for and lost it. So I don't know. I think Any the movie that was maybe the, the more inappropriate one that I was, that I got to watch. And I, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I distinctly remember watching Ace Ventura 2 when nature calls. And at the very end of the movie, I asked my mom to her face because of the end joke. I said, mom, what's a virgin? Because that's like, the end remember he's like yeah, running yeah, yeah. away because the tribe figures out that you know she wasn't virgin that he slept with her <laughs> and I, I, she, I don't even remember how she explained it but uh yeah I, I remember having to ask that so that feels like i was probably too young for that but then on top of that i believe for christmas that year i got my very own boom box with a cd player on top and i got the ace ventura 2 soundtrack that is the first cd i ever owned wow okay so 
I remember in Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the clearly the Lion Sleeps Tonight was in there. I'm trying to think what was in Ace Ventura 2. Oh, in Ace Ventura 2, there was a Blues Traveler song. Um, there was a Secret Agent Man cover. I think it was a cover oh, of, of course. the original. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, oh, shoot. There was another really good one on there, too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I listened to that soundtrack uh, unironically for a lot of time. <laughs> many spins when I was a kid. Well, I'd say fun fact in relation to that, um, another Jim Carrey soundtrack, and it wasn't one I purchased. It was one that, like, I think a friend, I can't remember if I won it off of him or if it was like, I'm done with this. Do you want this? Um, But it was the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack on CD. And uh, like the main reason I wanted it was because it had that Mary Moe. She's a vegetarian. It's a banger. banger. I know, right? Like, um, but that whole album, like just because I think I had watched Dumb and Dumber so many times repeatedly, like all the songs on that soundtrack were just awesome because they just were reminiscent of what's going on. So I don't know. I loved it. What was the first CD you ever owned? The first CD. God, the first tape I owned was Ace of Bass. Oh, wait, no, that can't be true. It's got to be Weird Al Yankovic tape. There, oh, I don't know that were, I owned any real tapes. I think all of my cassette tapes were like recordings of other people's or of the radio. I don't oh, think there I really you go. goofed around with them until uh, like CD players came out and then I got really into music. I talked through it. So my first tape was Ace of Bass. My first CD was the UHF soundtrack or, oh, the, nice. or, or the Top Gun soundtrack. It, it's a toss up. It could be either or. I'm uh, glad but, uh, that we both have soundtracks. <laughs> I know. I just realized that I, we just read a lot of like four soundtracks that we owned. Maybe but, they appeal to kids. There's a lot of variety on it. It's a good mix of songs. That I mean, that's true. I mean, I think like knowing as a kid, I owned like the like Queen's greatest hits, like CD that was like a dual CD set, but I only wanted to listen to like the two songs that I knew and liked. <laughs> Probably from Highlander. I don't know. <laughs> but like, and now like just going back and actually like, I like finding that CD and like, you know, that Rubbermaid container of all old stuff that I'm like, do I throw those? Do I not? And I'm looking at this going, this is obvious. I mean, it's Queen's greatest hits. They're all oh, yeah. amazing. And, and I know them all now. Um, and I just like, it's so disappointing that like my education could have started so much sooner if I was just more open to it. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but you got to learn your way, get your taste. That was me with my uh, my parents' vinyls. I I remember picking out the Queen vinyl a lot, the one with the big robot, and he's got like a bleeding dead person in his hand. Oh, I, can oh, see I was it. so fascinated by that as a kid. It felt like I shouldn't be looking at it when I was a kid, right? Because it was like murder. It was like dead bodies. And it was awesome. And then we would you know, pop <laughs> it that was on robots. And, yeah, robots, murder. And then uh, I don't remember what was on that album, but a couple of bangers for sure. Which Probably leads all into, bangers, but I was gonna say, which leads into, I just watched I Robot to go to sleep last night. Wait, hold on, time out. That's a movie you watched. Are you on sleep. like a, uh, um, what's his face kick? Will Smith. Will Smith. Are you on uh, a Will Smith run? You did that. You gave us the I am legend. The, I am legend Easter egg. <laughs> no, I am. I didn't watch I am legend, uh, but a buddy of mine were just talking about it. We were going back and forth on it, and then. He was like, oh, did you watch the rewatchables? Because they just covered I Am Legend, or at least one of the ones he listened to did. And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, that's just knowledge you happen to have on the ready about I Am Legend. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I do have uh, a movie pod myself. So uh, 
research comes in handy. Um, but yeah, which made me want to watch. I didn't want to watch I Am Legend because I feel like I watched that within the last year at some point. Um, but I Robot is on HBO and um, it's one that I've seen enough where I'm like, this could be a good like sleep movie where if I, you know, I get to a certain point where my eyes are tired. I'm just like, this is cool. I can shut off and start tomorrow. I don't need to finish what's going on. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Circle back. Okay. You went. You were going to bed, and you decided I'm going to watch this thriller about robots taking over humanity. That'll put me to sleep. I don't want. I don't put in particular movies to like that are going to bore me. That seems kind of silly. I put in movies that I know, like where I would. I would say anytime I worked an overnight at work, and like I knew I was going to fall asleep instantly, I would throw on Harry Potter because I knew in the Sorcerer's Stone. Because a, I know exactly what's going to happen, and b. I could time it. I always fall asleep before Hagrid wishes Harry a happy birthday. But are you not going to now like Pavlovian set yourself up to just get really tired when you actually want to watch those movies? I mean, now that you say it out loud, I feel like that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I swear that happened to me. There were certain albums I would have spin every night. Uh, the same album started at the beginning. And by like track three, I'd be asleep. But anytime I listened to it during the day, it would totally make me tired. So more often than not, like it's not like it makes me tired. I usually will. I'll watch it with the point of where if my eyes are tired, I'm just going to go to sleep. It's not like it's boring me by any means. And if anything, I'll wait till a scene is over and I'll be like, this is a great place to stop. Uh, and more often than not, I will actually start dreaming about what I just watched. So like I'm more than confident. I had some sort of robot dream last night. I don't recall the specifics, but that is typically what happens to me. Uh, so whenever I'm watching some sort of, I don't know, superhero movie, it's kind of fun. Let's see what happens. Wow, that would just jack me up. I think watching action movies, even if I knew them, too much. I robot that's, my body. that's one I haven't seen. In being a fan of uh, what, it was Isaac Asimov, right? The that, wrote, yeah, like the, the three laws. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's based off of. I don't think like I don't know if it's a short story of his or just his ideas of stuff, but um, it's yeah, it's just based on his thing. That one was yeah, really he, good for the time. I wonder if it's aged well. I really enjoyed it. I think that they did a good job with like, I mean, obviously the CG can be better always because today's CG is, you know, every five years it becomes like more cool, but it doesn't look terrible. If that it makes sense, like the robots like are all consistent. So like it, you get past it um, and also the robots. So you don't want them to be too realistic anyways. I don't know. You know, like we've been wanting to do like a theme that could be like in the month where we pick pick movies that are like the book was better movies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but that, isn't this the into a book? Not though. necessarily that the book was better, but you know, people always say the book is better for sure. And that's where I think that like a lot of times I, that's why I don't read a lot of things before I see the movie. Cause I know I'm going to watch the movie every, and we all know the book's going to be better, but also I just enjoy reading something where I've seen the movie. So the character's, like voices are already kind of played out for me, if that makes sense. So it just, it's easier to read like monologues or anything or something like that for me. Like I can get through a book faster, like fight club, for example. And then like now knowing like the characters, I can get through that book quite quickly uh, because the dialogue mm. is so similar. And then also the characters just play. So I don't know. Something Man, I, I wish do. they would make a really good Neuromancer movie. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a really cool cyberpunk book. I was going to say it sounded familiar. Yeah. I don't remember who wrote that, but 
so wait is is it like playing on the brain because like the necromancer they're like an evil wizard right so what would a neuromancer be um no like don't it doesn't don't take it that far but okay <laughs> it's it's actually kind of the book that helped kind of define like that cyberpunk like genre so cool jamie i don't think it has i don't think it's any similar to um the bromancer like that we have the the bromancer (laughs) william gibson is the writer speaking of gibson it is mel gibson's birthday fun fact (laughs) and florence Pugh. seaster all right how you doing guys some good conversation. So good. Where, where, are you doing your top five soundtracks, James? I, I mean, I should have. <laughs> that actually is way <clears throat> better top five idea than what I had. My first soundtrack was the... No, no, no hold on. Time out. Oh, this wasn't what? first soundtrack. This was first CD. So give us both. First CD you ever owned if it's not a soundtrack. And then your first soundtrack. Yes. Okay. First CD is hard because my first CD was... I got like eight CDs at once. What was your favorite? Columbia House. Band? Columbia House. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you, what's the most memorable from that eight then? What do you think uh, shaped you? Uh, public Enemy, Fear of a Black, Black Planet. Black Planet, yeah. Yeah, I got it was like two Public Enemy CDs, like an MC Hammer, a Young MC, a Tone Loke, a Big Daddy Kane. Dang, that's a collection right there. Yeah. God, now I'm wondering good, good if MC picks. Hammer was my first tape. I know I for sure got that for my birthday for Too Legit. Too Legit. Hey, okay, yeah. so what soundtrack? Soundtrack? It was the Ghostbusters movie soundtrack on cassette. <laughs> nice. Because here, here's my thing about soundtracks, though. So, I don't know, Ghostbusters came out in, what, 84, I think? Sounds right. Sounds right. So I'm like, what, seven? Eight? And uh, I couldn't go. To, my mom wouldn't take me to the movie, but my cousin, he was like three or four years older than me. He went to the movie and was telling me about it, how awesome it was. And I thought soundtracks, like I thought it was like getting the movie on on tape where you can just listen to the movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was 84, so, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm like seven. So. Can you feel me on this, right? So, oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think we've all had our blunders <laughs> like that, something yeah. similar. So when I play it, I think the first um, song is called like Hot Night. And it's just this really cheesy, like 80s kind of like pop rock song. You know, it's like, it's going to be a hot, like a female vocalist, you know, it's uh, going to be a hot night tonight. Oh yeah. It sounds just like Laura Branigan. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, you know, about like getting it on. And then I remember like, whatever, hot night. Cool. I'm just there for like the, you know, at least it has the Ghostbusters song on it now. Right. So I remember um, I bring it to school oh, at seven. So I'm like in second grade probably. And I'm playing the tape and it's like that song. It's like, it's going to be a hot night tonight with you <laughs> in my arms. And I remember like my second grade teacher being like, it was like, made me turn it off. So that it was like a little, little too much for her. Oh my God. Grade. We were just talking. That was another conversation we had, uh, which was like, 
what movie did you watch when you were a kid that it wasn't until you were older you realized or acknowledged like how did my parents let me watch this it is so inappropriate like mine was wayne's world with like all the humor is all like potty humor and like i didn't understand it as a kid and as an adult i'm like holy shit how did my parents let me quote this all the time like i was just so ignorant to it I don't, don't, and I don't know if it was in my earliest <laughs> one, but Ace Ventura 2, I remembered the end of the movie having to ask my mom, what's a virgin? Because that's like the last joke at the end of the movie. <laughs> What'd uh, she say? That's what they call I honestly oil. don't remember. I, I don't know if she actually gave me the answer. I don't think she gave me the answer. She's like, well, Casey, it's time for bed. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> the time. <laughs> Go brush your teeth. Man, Jamie, soundtrack. Wait, CD and soundtrack. So I, I was trying to think. I think mine is one and the same. I think my first CD that I ever got was the Grease soundtrack. So Perfect. I never knew any better. You know, I, I it, it was the same, all the same to me. Yeah, it must have been eight, nine maybe. The, and I think that also triples up for the movie that I was probably way too young to see. So there's I, a lot of stuff in Grease that oh, eight-year-olds yeah. are yeah, not really aware of is at there- the time. Am I thinking of dirty dancing? Is there an abortion in Greece? Or smorshmorshin? Sorry. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fake out cuz she's I I think Rizzo thinks she's pregnant, but then at the at the carnival she's like, "Oh, actually no, it's all good." Right? I don't remember. I just feel specific. like Rizzo, yeah, there's something going on there, but also like I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the the musical. So, like and I don't even remember that very well. Really? True, I've never seen it. I've never had any interest, which is really odd for as much as I like musicals and stuff. (laughs) Chad and Casey, you've seen Grease, right? Oh, no. (laughs) I was waiting for Chad to shut it down. Thank you, Chad. (laughs) No. I appreciate you. No. No. That is some annoying shit. (laughs) I don't know that I've seen it all the way through from start to finish in one sitting, but I've seen it probably on TV and when other people are watching it in enough sections that I have seen the entirety of the film. I mean, that's very possible for me as well. But Chad, you have you seen Little Shop of Horrors? I feel like that's up your alley. Oh, yeah. Feed me, Seymour. (laughs) (laughs) Feed me, Seymour. I I hate that musical. Rick Moranis. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, I don't like that one either because it's a musical. I I have a very musical. Yeah, I thought it was somehow related to uh, what's that? Chad's anti-musical. You thought it was related to? I thought it was related to Super Mario World or Super Mario oh, Brothers. Fuck. Oh, I can see it for sure. <laughs> Maybe it makes it complete sense. Like uh, multiverse Mario yeah. World. I mean, I still maintain that we should watch live Cats. And oh, I don't know if I would it. sacrifice that time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you could pay. Me. You'd have to pay me. I think, unfortunately. I mean, I'll provide pizza <laughs> if we're all doing this that together. Might be enough. It might be enough. Okay, Chad, hold on. You, you don't like yeah. any musicals? Are you into like the the kids ones? You watch any of the like kids like Encanto or things like that? You, can you get into those? Mm, uh, barely. I mean, they're not usually my favorite. You're just not into the the music aspect of it. No, I. I it's it's all no. good. No. Oh, I never even really thought about it like that. So you're saying like even Disney movie style musicals? No, can't do it. Not into the singing. There's no need for singing in a movie unless like you're singing to <laughs> along along to a song on the radio. So like the Frozen's, yeah, and Kanto, I'm like whatever. Um, 
So you strictly are on like Finding Nemo and Raya style when it comes to Disney Plus. What's Raya? Raya and the Dream Dragon. What's it called? Last Dragon. Oh, haven't seen that one. No, I've seen the the picture. Uh, I think on the lead character is the voice that does Rose from Return of the Empire, Star Wars, whatever the second Star Wars one is with Ray. (laughs) Rose Return of the Empire. (laughs) (laughs) I panicked. I panicked, guys. Another character that ruined Star Wars. Oh, are you on that bad wagon? Well, yes and no. I'm on the that character stinks. Bad not again, that she that, should have gotten shunned so bad that she quit Twitter because people were so yeah mean. not not God. the not not the racist Star Wars fan thing. So I just think she was terrible in that role, and it's uh, Ryan Johnson's fault. It's not her fault. That's how Is I feel that- about Captain Phasma, just all around. Yeah, they just didn't stick the landing. No. No. Uh, I, this, uh, here's another thing to sell. Was a huge Try to sell a toy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a huge buildup that did not lay out. Um, question. Hold on. Am I, I've been calling him Rain. Is it Ryan? Yeah, Ryan. The director of that movie and The Glass Onion. R-I-A-N Johnson. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Rain. You're right. I'm an idiot. I just... <laughs> I just saw the letters and went for it. You said it, James, this time. <laughs> <laughs> I say it in my head most days. Yeah. Idiot, 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 idiot. Don't do that. You're pretty smart, dude. Oh, you. Oh. Yeah, you guys were, were you guys uh, talking Queen too earlier? We were. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I think that was like the first tape I ever had. And I just, I don't know how i ended up with it i don't know if it was like it definitely wasn't my mom's <laughs> you know my my mom and my dad they were like my mom is like all country like hill, hillbilly country i'm sorry yeah it's good it's good stuff it's good stuff it's uh it's more like hillbilly white blues music versus um i think the stuff that you're probably thinking of not Florida, Georgia. Oh, not like, not like gross. Not, stuff. Okay, all right, no, I can get no, down no, with that no. then. Not no, not like the artist, country artists that get up on stage and they're like throwing their arms around like they're leading like a hip hop crew. Weird shit. Speaking but, of like mom music and soundtracks, you just made me realize the CD that was in my mom's van for like fifteen years was just the Tarzan soundtrack. It was just yeah. all it was just straight up Phil Collins and or yes. the Phil Collins slash in sync like trash mountain or whatever that song was called. Oh, you nailed it. Yep. So W B Frog. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty spot on. It's the W B. You know what I really like, though, like about the new country artists who just kind of pump their arms. It's re- it's really funny if they don't have a guitar. None of them can dance. So just next time, like just watch them when they're on stage. Just see what they do. It's yeah. one of my favorite things because yeah. <laughs> it's not much. That's gross, man. <clears throat> it's something. Yeah, man, like my my first tape, it was like Queen's greatest hits. And um, yeah, it's like one of those things where like I was in a bubble, like. I never knew like if Queen was good. I just really liked it. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I don't know. 
Good shit. Okay, what was I? So, welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we talk about movies from the past and what we're watching in the present. But this is a special episode. And James, this is for you to get us through the dark winter days of January. <laughs> Why was that for me? <laughs> I don't know. I think last last time you said something about it being me oh. saying it's so dark. Oh, and gloomy. But when you say it like that, all I'm thinking <laughs> of is that office episode where they're doing the safety um, visit, and like so, Michael is like wrecking the basements like the warehouse guys stuff. And like, they're talking about real things like bailers and how they can get crushed by things. And Michael doesn't think it's cool enough. So they go upstairs and he's like, he's like, all right, seasonal lighting is uh, an effective disorder. What you should do is take a break every 15 minutes. And they're like, yeah, that dim light is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like the warehouse guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, it is getting darker. Yep. Or it's only getting, it's starting to get lighter now. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, man, this week, like like right before christmas like solstice time like through like the first week of january is always like a bitch man you know it's it's dark until eight o'clock it's still getting dark at 4 30 on the weekends like you feel like your day is just getting started and it's like man it feels like the sun's already setting yeah it's over when i'm leaving work i'm like <laughs> I'm like, all right, is it light out? Is it light out? Is it light out? The sun is setting. It's a win. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. So last few episodes, we did a Jamie top five list. We did a Casey top five list. So Casey, you did like what? Top five sports movies, sports comedies. Yeah. Jamie, you gave us your top five. Your top five. Influential. Horror. 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 <laughs> he also has the the other ones too. But. Yes. <laughs> Top five horror movies. Horror. Oh, yeah, movies. right. Frankenhooker. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. The other ones. And today is James, are you going to go next? I can go next. Um, mine was top five horror movies. Whore. There it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that would comprise of. Um, Space nuts. Yeah, I do like the idea. <laughs> I wish Mike. I would have done this. And next time I'll do uh, my top five soundtrack movie soundtracks. I think that was like after this whole conversation, I, like I'm totally rethinking what I should have done. Um, Can but you do I'm, off the top of your head? Off the top of my head. Uh, and then we'll hold you to it forever. Yeah. Like, I was like, like, oh, you really I, said I that for number two? Oh. No, I thought this was your favorite one, James. I'll panic shout nerd. five. And I'll be specific. I'm not going to go soundtrack where it's like, oh, the whole thing's a musical. Or like, I'm not going to say Frozen soundtrack. So um, Top Gun, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they had ninja rap. So that, that Secret oh, of yeah. the Use. Oh, um, oh yeah. I'm, good boy. one. Um, Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Good one. Uh, Almost famous. Fever dog. Scratching at my door. Oh, man. You just get me. Um, And then last one. I I don't know. I'm trying to think of something like uh, Caddyshack. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Caddyshack. Let's go Caddyshack. Double logins. 
Actually, I was gonna yeah. say Caddy Double Cat, Logins. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Caddyshack or Footloose, probably because Footloose soundtrack is pretty bomb. All, too. all logins, all the logins, all logins, <laughs> all, late, all day long. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that would be uh, without thinking about it. We'll go that route. I bet there's. Is there a serious radio station that's like a Kenny Login station? There's gotta be. There's gotta be. I'm serious for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's, I'm a, is, there's a Margaritaville channel in Sirius, so there's gotta be a Logins. Well, I'm thinking like even on <laughs> Apple, like if I did the Logins Essentials, like what do you think of the first like top five songs? Well, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Highway to the Danger Zone. All right, here's a Logins um, Essentials list. Footloose. Footloose, oh Danger Zone, I'm Alright, Danny's Song. I don't know that one. This is it. They did Danny's Song? Yeah. Loggins oh. and Messina did it? I don't know. My favorite is one, two, three, four, five, six is uh, Kenny Loggins. I didn't realize he did that song, too. That song from Top Gun. Maya playing with the boys i don't know if you remember that song or not <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> all right oh wow uh, my yeah. top five list <laughs> which is a good segue into uh my top five list i did samuel jackson movies um so according to imdb samuel jackson has done 197 projects ranging from movies television and video games uh but 197 uh 197 things of content for uh, Sam Jackson. I thought definitely needed a top five list. And then I have some honorable mentions on there as well. So I think let's uh, I'm curious. Let's uh, hear from you guys of what would be in your guys's top five. Like you don't have to go five in a row, just one or two that you think is most memorable for him. Pulp fiction. Jules Winford Winfield, I guess uh, Winfield is yeah, on he, to your butts. He, Jules Winfield was number one on my list. Uh, Arnold from Jurassic Park got an honorable mention. All right. Um, I think on a plane. It's <laughs> a fun movie. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. <laughs> um, for sure, when we did Jackie Brown, Ordell Robbie shot like right to the top of my list. Ooh, oh, not even on mine. Womp, womp, Across the 110th Street. <laughs> Casey, what's one of your favorites? Best characters or best roles? Oh yeah, so I went best. Uh, I went best. Well, what's the difference? Well, because like he wasn't prominent in Django, but I thought he played that old man pretty well. Like I thought that oh, was yeah. a pretty well done little role. I I don't think it's the best thing he's done, but I think that was really well done acting for sure. I guess uh, to your point, um, I did like my favorite. I mean, characters, but like also because of the movie, like the movie was awesome because of the person he played, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm, say, is mm-hmm. what I picked. Uh, so that would probably rule out anything where he's Nick Fury, because I don't think Nick Fury makes or breaks any of them. Marvel yeah, I put honorable mention. I just films, said Nick, F- like the very last thing I wrote about him was Nick Fury, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, so like, I don't yeah. know. It was just because he's there as your point. Like even in there, I put so honorable mentions. I put uh Mace Windu, Star Wars franchise, Elijah Agreed. Price, and or Mr. Glass from uh, Unbreakable oh, and yeah. Glass. I oh, I haven't watched that in a long time, and I don't think I appreciated it when I watched it. I it's been a while like since it. I've watched Unbreakable, but like knowing you know how that was going to fly, and then watching, man, I want to call it The Beast, but that's not right. Split. 
And then uh, knowing that that was part of that universe, Glass was a lot of fun for me. How is that part of that universe, and like, why does it matter? Can you explain that? Uh, the only thing you would need to know... Did you ever watch Split? Or yeah, probably... yeah, I did. Okay, so the... I don't know if it was a credit scene or if it was just at the end of the movie, but all that they show is like this, uh, that, you know, somebody's in a diner and like on the news in the background is the beast has escaped and has done blah, 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 blah. So you're hearing this news report of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it pans to Bruce Willis's character. uh, What's his name? Something done. And like, he puts on like his security hat and like, basically like leaves like he's on a mission. Uh, and so they just kind of incorporate that it's in this unbreakable universe. Cause those two characters <laughs> live together. <laughs> like what's the point? Just like, well, and then for the gla- sake that, of a, well, and so that's what glass is about. Glass is basically they like, uh, somebody, I want to say, I think they framed David Dunn, like Bruce Willis character. And then they catch, uh, Samuel Jackson's character. And then they're both in like an insane asylum together. And then like, that's how this movie kind of takes off. Uh, like, I think the beast is there too. Like all three of them are in this same, like kind of like jail slash mental facility. Like, Oh, you think you're unbreakable. Oh, you think you're a super villain. Oh, this, this, this. Mm. So it's uh that's right. Glass was kind of fun. You know, um, if I'm forced to pick, I, it's hard to, to pick anything other than Jules. Like, I think he, yeah, you know, it'd probably be him, but since he was already taken, uh, I'll fall back to what I said. Probably uh, the character he played in Django. Nice. That's a good one. What about uh, Do the Right Thing? Wake so up, number wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. up your Mr. Senior up. Love Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Senior Love Daddy is number five on my list for Do the Right Thing. Um, I can, I'll just go down the list now. I so, like what you're oh, doing here. This is like... Uh, a top five list, but you're doing this kind of like, um, Oh, it is all over the place. Family <laughs> no, no, you're doing this kind of like family feud. Show <laughs> me, <laughs> show me senior love daddy. Right. <laughs> Can you give me a, what's his name? A Dawson. What was his name? Was it Len Dawson? Oh, from the <sighs> family feud. Were you the guy they <laughs> made out with make, everybody? Make, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't think of what that guy's name is. Richard Dawson? Richard Dawson, yeah. Len Dawson was a football player or coach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of things that wouldn't fly these days, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when I was watching uh, the Elvis movie, and like he's doing his Vegas show, and he's calling people up on stage, and he's like, Love me tender. <laughs> Love me something. <laughs> And he's just like, there's like a line, a line throughout the whole like auditorium of women just going up and just smooching Elvis and like next. I'm like, what on earth? The man likes smooching. I guess. Another honorable mention I had, uh, Lucius Best or Frozone from The Incredibles. Uh, And then I got a couple sleepers in here that I'm curious if anybody, if you guys have seen them. Uh, West from Basic. If you ever saw the movie Basic, he was like the drill sergeant. Mm. Um, Mitch Hennessy from The Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis. The Long Kiss Goodnight was awesome. Come on. I cannot be the only one that's seen this movie. I don't think I've seen that. I haven't seen it. No, missed that one. So uh, premise on that one is Gina Davis is an assassin. It's basically it's born before born. Gina Davis is an assassin. She has amnesia and she grows up living this whole new life. 
and uh, Samuel Jackson's character is just this private investigator that continuously tries to find out more about her so she can find out more about herself. And then they uncover from her past something about like a black op that went down. Somebody else gets notified about this. And then now they're trying to kill her and slowly but surely, like she's getting triggered into memories of her old life. It's a lot of fun. I like I've seen this. You probably did. It came out in 1996. Yeah. So just like um, the majority of, I would say Sam Jackson's uh, movie or like I'd say characters that I love the most are in the, mid nineties. So, uh, I'll go down the line though. So number five is Mr. Senior love daddy from do the right thing. Um, that one, I think got an honorable mention just cause I think uh, the way Chad did it, it's just funny <laughs> to me. And like now, <laughs> and actually now seeing that movie for the first time, like what, over the last like year or so is when we watched it. That was the first time yeah. I'd seen it. So like now it's just kind of fresh in my head still, uh, Zeus from die hard with a vengeance. Uh, that was, I think, a very underestimated Die Hard movie. Um, and also, I'm pretty sure that was like, uh, well, besides Pulp Fiction, because uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance came out in 95, Pulp Fiction 94. But that's when like, I feel like Sam Jackson became the the mother effer guy. Like That's what he was known for, is just saying the F-bomb all the time. Because uh, in Die Hard with a Vengeance, that is a lot of swearing. Uh, but very, very good movie. <laughs> Uh, number three, Danny Roman from The Negotiator, uh, 1998. Uh, him and Kevin Spacey are both negotiators and trying to talk each other down from stuff. I don't know if you guys have watched that one, but that one, that's a mo- that's a revisit for sure, I think, if you haven't seen it. Um, and then uh, number two, Carl Lee Haley from A Time to Kill, 1996. Uh, a Time to Kill is one that, like, I, it's been a while since I've watched it, but it definitely just still like you remember it pretty well. Like that movie was just solid on, on all ends. Um, that's probably when you got to see, not when you probably, but uh, young Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock in that. Um, so doing their thing. And number one, Jules Winfield, Pulp Fiction, uh, just number one iconic. And I didn't do my research on this if he was up for any Oscars for any roles like so <laughs> if there was something that i missed so like he had to be up for something in pulp fiction right we got to think that mm, i don't know let's find out let's find out i'm a little disappointed you didn't call out deep blue sea oh that's a good, oh, that's i love that that's a good sleep movie sometimes you fall asleep <laughs> and then you, you're like i'm the shark no I'm just wow <laughs> um look he was uh Nominated for Best Supporting Actor. For Pulp Fiction? Fiction? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, that is the only... Well, that's the only Oscar otherwise. I mean, I like Outstanding Animated Program for Primetime Emmy, which was... What is this? Afro Samurai Resurrection, 2009. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How have you not seen that, Chad? Cartoon, Cartoon Network jam there. Right? We, we, or no. Oh, not sure. And we, we kind of breeze past it, but since this is such a Star Wars positive podcast, I, I think Mace Windu is great as far as just Jedi go, especially in the or, or the prequel trilogy where there's not a whole lot to praise. I don't know. He's got a purple lightsaber, the Django Fett fight. I'm very, very I'm high on Mace Windu. I thought, I'm in. no, he was very distracting. In a really? Star Wars series, yes. Really? I was gonna say, yes. was he one? Say what again? 
Was he one that like one more time? Do they speak English in what? <laughs> Do they use the force in what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, god. There was a cartoon. A bad that, motherfucker, are you? <laughs> there was a cartoon uh, where god it was called like when it was right when Phantom Menace came out and. Um, like flashpoint cartoons or whatever were on the oh, internet. Oh, the Clone Wars ones. Yeah, where it was it was like the, the Pulp Phantom. Where they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We should have brought double barrel yeah. lightsabers. Right. <laughs> but, but they walk in. It's like the the big Kahuna Burger scene where he walks oh, it's in. So He's good. like, oh my, what a bunch of what is it? You sitting here like a bunch of Minox or some shit like that. <laughs> 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 I forgot about that. That shit was fucking funny, man. Yeah, that was oh, oh man. Phantom. I, I mean, <laughs> I got to be able to find that eventually. I'm trying to see if he was up for any Razzies, but it doesn't feel like there's a convenient way to look. <laughs> Star Wars positive podcast. We, I mean, we really are. <laughs> Star Wars positive. Oh, here I found some Pulp Phantom. Yeah, it's uh, Boba Fett and uh, it's Darth Maul, isn't it? Darth Maul, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these are great. You guys got to Google that shit. <laughs> it's so funny. Also, like, yeah, now I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't that funny, but at the time it was really epic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did anyone ever see Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children? Uh, it took me a few tries, but yes. I forgot he was in that. He's kind of a cool villain. It's like a, like a not as good X Men, is Ooh, how I would describe Miss Peregrine. That's but right, yeah. He's, I mean that. That should be a, a list of like top five times he's been like a villain and like nailed it or whatnot. Because I mean he's a villain in Jumper with the white hair. Um, he's a villain in uh, what's it called? The Kingsman Secret Service. He's that Valentine guy with the lisp. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. He just, I think he plays the villain more often. Well, actually, who's to say 197 projects. <laughs> like, I don't know which one of these more the antagonist or protagonist or just happens to be there. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. That was my top five Sam Jackson. So I'd say from the movies, do the right thing. Die Hard with a Vengeance, the negotiator, a time to kill in Pulp Fiction. I would say I love all those movies. And therefore I do like um, the characters he portrays in those movies. Um, Good list. Sam Jackson. I don't know if there's a right or wrong here. I mean, I missed a a crap ton of them. Let's be honest. The Hitman bodyguard's wife. That movie's funny. (laughs) I recommend that. Um, bodyguard the hit no the hitman's bodyguard <coughs> oh gotcha uh, with uh ryan reynolds i think that those two play off each other quite well um also i uh, went over here augustus gibbons from uh triple x franchise <laughs> mm. i haven't seen any of those what that's your jam i thought i thought you loved vin vin yeah <laughs> groot yep another Bad guy, Jamie, the RoboCop reboot. He was the bad guy. Oh, I never saw that. That one is one where I actually, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Maybe he wasn't the bad guy. I think Michael Keaton was the bad guy. Eh, who knows? They're all bad guys. The, they're making another RoboCop movie, aren't they? I mean, I would assume so. so that franchise like, is due for another reboot. Yeah. I feel like I liked 
the reboot of this one. I just don't think it played very well in theaters. The guy that played the RoboCop <laughs> was I don't know, man. There's something I don't I don't like the cut of his jeans. The guy from The Killing? Yeah, and he was also in that um God, that it's like that alternate history space show on Apple TV. Oh, too, All I Mankind think. or yeah. whatever it's called. Oh, Joel Kinnaman. I like Joel. I mean, he after the killing, it took me a minute to warm up to him, but yeah. I, I like him. Hmm. All right. It's probably me. Guys. All right, that was James' top five list for Samuel L. Jackson films. Join us next week when we talk about the host with the most top five 80s cartoons. See you next week. Bye. Oh, RoboCop Returns. RoboCop Returns to Fight Crime in Detroit. No date. It's got a director, though. They got to bring that back. Same soundtrack, everything. Adios. Like score. Sayonara. And say it's in Detroit, but then film it on location in Dallas again. (laughs) (laughs) Off of Peterson. Bye. Bye.